when it comes to grounding yourself in finding home within yourself, it's about remembering who you are. It's about honoring who you are um, and making time for yourself. Welcome home, everyone. My name is Journey Harris, and this is At Home, the podcast, a weekly podcast where we explore concepts of home through the stories of people from all walks of life and from all over the globe. And this episode right here, it's a special one, and I'm so excited to share it with you. So I recorded this episode back in August, and it is now currently October. So there are some things that I refer to in the episode that aren't actually relevant to me today in this time. There are some major changes that have occurred since then to now. And looking back, if I knew then what I know now, if I knew that I would be recording the intro for this episode in my own apartment that I pay for, sitting in a chair that's so beautifully designed I could cry, sitting across from a window that's so big and so clear that I can see the world even when I'm isolating. If I knew then what I know now and what I see now and feel now, I would have spent a lot less time worrying in August and much more time being grateful and being present. I've only recently come to the realization that worry has been consuming my life in more ways than I realized. And by recently, I mean literally within the past 24 hours. So it's so fresh and I just, it's on my heart to share this with you. I know many of us worry about our safety in our countries. We worry about if we can ever have a home. We worry about if we'll ever experience homelessness and if we've experienced it before, are we going to experience it again? And we're told to pray about it and journal about it, write down the things that you want and it'll all come to fruition, but we worry about that too. Worry if our prayers are ever going to be answered. We worry if the things we write in our manifestation journals will ever actually manifest. We worry that the things we write on post-it notes that we stick on our mirrors, do they even matter? Are we just throwing our desires into a void? And I'm not a fortune teller. I cannot tell you what the future holds for you, but let me pose a question. Could it be possible that a blessing is on the way? It's in transit. It's coming to you. But you want worry to come to? Is it possible that fear is taking up so much space inside of you that there isn't even room to receive answered prayers and written manifestations? I'm learning that I can't worry and win at the same time. That's not how that works. And so if you're listening to this episode, I want to encourage you to choose risk and resiliency and hope and gratitude instead of choosing fear and worry because I promise you it doesn't serve you. And bloop, there's your sermon for the week. So without further ado, let's move on to the conversation that I had with the amazing Mecca James Williams, my guest who is so intentional and spiritually charged and she really inspired me in the way that I went about creating home for myself in this new place and for that I'm so grateful. Hello, Journey. My name is Mecca James Williams. I am a lot of things. I'm a woman. I'm a Black woman. I'm a creative. I'm a stylist. I'm a fashion editor. I'm an aunt. Um, yeah. And I also 
also, also, also am very intentional about my home space. And so that's creating an opportunity for me to uh, step in the entrepreneurship in home decor. Wow. So that was actually a question I was going to save for later <clears throat> about home decor as um, a career for you. Is that something that you're, because I know that you are a stylist, but is that something that you're working towards becoming like an interior decorator pretty soon? What's that? Um, I definitely approach home decor in a very personal way. Um, so I don't know necessarily if I am wanting to become an interior designer because it's such a, a such a personal experience with myself and I offer so many services as a stylist and a creative. Um, so I really want its apartment for it to grow into a bigger platform and it's going to be super soon. I want it to grow into a bigger platform with home decor and just giving readers and um, people an opportunity to understand that landscape in a different perspective, whether it's conscious living, whether it's being intentional about um, the things that you have in your home and why and the connections to them. So I love infusing culture within every creative element that I have in my world and home decor and culture and the essence of how I view it is what I'm excited to bring to its apartment for. So let's back up, what is its apartment for? Yes. Okay. It's Apartment 4 is a platform that is curated around intentional living um, that started in my beautiful brownstone apartment in Brooklyn. Um, it's something that is growing. Um, it's I've had so many different iterations of it. I've had a home diary component, which you can very much see on its apartment for the Instagram, which is just ITSAPT4. Um, and then there's also, I had a newsletter that is on a hiatus right now, but I'm excited to bring that back. And then I will be launching something super, super soon that will connect the dots between the pieces that I love um, and how people can either get them, buy them, or achieve that type of aesthetic in that realm. Wow. So one of the main reasons why I gravitated towards you is because of the use of color that I saw in its apartment for. And I'm sure color is something that's essential to your work as a stylist and as a creative. And we'll probably get into that a little bit later. Um, but I noticed that the color brown always makes its way into a lot of the pictures that you use, like beyond your skin tone. I just see warmth and richness and earthiness in the images that you share and it's so refreshing because we're kind of in this era where a lot of people are gravitating towards that stark white Scandinavian minimalist style which um I'm a little bored of at times um but your but it's apartment four reminds me of the home that I grew up in where I spent most of my childhood in Jacksonville it was warm was earthy and it was clearly decorated and occupied by a black woman. So right. I want to take it back. What was home like for you when you were growing up? Like, what did it look like? How did it feel? Yeah, um, home for me growing up was, it was fun. I, I have two different ideas of home in my head. Um, my mom raised us in Brooklyn for most of my adolescence. And then as I grew older into a preteen and a teenager, we moved to Virginia. And, you know, my mom has always just been a ball of 
knowledge and a ball of having different things in our home that represented who she was. So it really taught me how to create that in my home. Like my mom was raised as a Muslim woman. So she always had a Quran. And though we transitioned to Christianity and we kind of took a little bit more of a spiritual route than a religious route, it was always in our home. Um, And I guess my mom definitely did have a beautiful sense of colors. She always had um, different paintings. She definitely had a lot of my grandmother's paintings. My grandmother died when I was a baby. And my mom always had her artwork around my home and her artwork always had very warm colors, very beautiful greens. So I definitely feel like that iteration of creativity definitely claimed from my lineage. Um, Excuse me. Um, But I have this saying, I dream in bright, vivid colors because I do. I, um, I I am not the Scandinavian minimalist person um but i do and i am very intentional about what i have in my home and there are very minimal aspects but it's in a very different way it's in a very different lens it has you know oranges and yellows and bright vibrant colors that connect with different stories so yeah it's i've been in this mode of thinking about decorating for my future home, because that's something that excites me. Like I love talking about home. I love decorating places. I love decorating my body with clothes, but um, because we are spending so much time inside, I'm like, okay, I have to be extremely intentional about what my environment looks like. Right. And so I go on Pinterest and I do all these scrolling to get inspiration as far as how I would like my home to look. And I don't see anything like what I see on its apartment for. Um, I don't see these aspects of culture. Um, so I'm really grateful that that's something that you prioritize in the way that you uh, decorate your home and the way that you share it. And um, so this podcast, I know some people will see the title and think that it's an emphasis on us being home because of quarantine. And it's not. It's really because everybody has an experience with home, whether you have it or you don't have one. Um, And I think home is a hub for intentionality. And so with you documenting that intentionality on its apartment four, um, I wanted to know how did that first begin for you? Yeah. Um, You know, I think it first began definitely as a child. You know, I lived in a blended family and I've always had a beautiful dream of what I want my space to be. And as I've grown into a teenager and then a young adult, I really knew that, you know, the experiences you create at home definitely leave a huge imprint on how you present yourself and how you um, just go into the world. You know, home is a very spiritual place. It's a very, um, you know, personal space. So, you know, having that intentionality in mind as I created my home was super important. I, this is actually, I've lived in this apartment for the last five years and I've had a few roommates and now I live alone. So, you know, through every stage there was just approaching what intentionality meant for myself and with the people that I lived with. And so it's been a really great opportunity to now just magnify that and hone in on it for myself only. Um, And it's apartment four has went through that journey. It started as a platform that was with my best friend and we curated this beautiful space and it's turned into a project that is just, you know, 
really around the things that I love and I enjoy as a creative within my home. So, yeah. I'm so happy that you said home is a spiritual place. And even you mentioning your mom having the Quran at her home. Um, I was at my grandma's house yesterday and she has this pillow that has a Bible verse on it. And I was like, oh, that's so grandma. Um, But I I love when people are able to make their home sanctuaries. And I've been reading all about love as it seems every black woman is reading uh, right now. And man, I've seen a few black men reading that. And I'm like, yes. Yes, good for them. (laughs) Um, And Bell Hook, she does have a part where she talks about making her home a sanctuary. And so that resonated with me because... um, I grew up in church and I do appreciate the feeling that you feel in a sanctuary when there's worship. Um, and I do try to recreate that into my space. So how do you create um, a sanctuary aura in your home? Yeah, um, that's a very good question. I think it's a personal experience for everyone. Um, but the few elements that I always have when it comes to creating a sanctuary and these, you can create a sanctuary anywhere you go. You know, um, when you are somewhere, you have home in yourself. So let's say you're traveling, let's say you're in a hotel room. Like there are a few things that you can put in place to create home, but how I do it in my home is music. I love um, listening to jazz or, you know, Neo soul and those elements, they bring me back to the feeling of home. And that definitely started uh, from my childhood. My mom would wake us up listening to Erica Badu and Jill Scott and Lauren Hill. So creating those elements in my home are super important. And music transcends. It's a spiritual thing. So that's one element that's super important. I always have, um, also, I always have some, a candle or some incense or a Palo Santo, which I wouldn't advise everyone having Palo Santo because it's such a spiritual thing. And I think not a lot of people know the origin. So, um, but if you have it and you have it in a really productive, beautiful way, and it came from a holistic tree um, that was sourced, you know, sustainably use it up because it's an amazing healing tool. I also love sage. Um, So, yeah, I have a few different elements in my home that um, create the scent that I want that goes with along with music. And then I guess community, whether it's a phone call, if you're away, whether it's having your friends and family over, you know, energy and energy amongst people is so magnetic. Um, And so I'm very intentional of who I have in my home. So. When my friends come over, it feels like a sanctuary. And if I want to be solo, I'm listening to music, burning a candle. Um, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So. That speaks so much, uh, so highly on the people that you keep around you when you say that your friends coming around your home still feels like a sanctuary. On that note, how do you create boundaries in your home with not just with people, but with everything, like even boundaries with yourself and your home? Yeah. Um, boundaries are super important and I feel like I have them in so many other capacities. So they are pretty lax in my home, um, because I feel like I am bound in so many ways outwardly that I want to be free within my home. So there are times where, you know, it's very messy and there are times where it's very clean and I have a schedule with my apartment. There are times where, 
when it comes to boundaries with friends, like, I mean, I have such a really great girl clan and we kind of respect each other. We have like these imaginary boundaries that um, can be addressed, but they don't need to because I feel like we're very in tune with each other. But, you know, I'm very akin to my solo time within home, but I also love hosting. So I have like a lot of dinner parties. And of course, this is more pre-COVID than now. But, you know, I'll have friends over. I'll have different things and parties at my house. But I also need a great amount of alone time. And having had this space um, alone for myself with no roommates, it's been a new journey of redecorating and redefining what conscious living and home decor looks for me personally and me not in a collaboration. Mm. So what what does conscious living look like or what does that mean to you? Yeah. Conscious living is understanding the essence of everything and understanding that everything is connected. Um, so when you're conscious about something, you're aware of what it does for you, what it doesn't do for you. And, um, how you can create something intentionally to better benefit who you want to be and how you want your home to be. That's conscious living to me. Wow. Oh my gosh. Your home sounds so lovely. And I can only imagine like, well, let me back up. I used to really hate New York city. Um, and that's cause I would always, <laughs> I would always visit. No, like this is a really odd thing to say. Everybody loves New York. And eventually I did too. Um, <laughs> But I was always in Manhattan and it was always, um, it just wasn't the vibe for me. I was like, there's a lot going on here. And then last summer I was visiting some friends and I stayed in Crown Heights. And when I got off, um, when I got off the train, these Jamaican men were like, hello, BAB. And they were just like welcoming me home. I was like, I don't live here, but thank you. And it was the warmest feeling ever. Um, and it's so strange because I live in DC and so the the community that I would love to see in DC and that was once here, it doesn't exist in the same way due to gentrification, due to changes, due to poverty. Um, and being able to feel what that community felt like just by getting off the train in Brooklyn was so magical. So what do you think it is that Brooklyn offers to um, providing like just a really lovely community space for people to connect with one, each, with one another and like, you know, have people over at their homes and have a home for themselves. I mean, um, I love that this is going to become a Brooklyn love story because Brooklyn is such a magical place. And it's one that has its own generational, um, like generational beauties of it. I think everyone from different generations has their own relationship to Brooklyn. My mom had it when uh, I was a child and I have it now. I think Brooklyn holds a really beautiful space for Black people um, in a different way than other places do. And don't get me wrong, Brooklyn and New York are having their fair share of gentrification and we feel the bouts of what that looks like and how detrimental it is to our communities. But I also think we do a great job of making sure that we hone communities in within our space. Um, so yeah, Brooklyn is a place where there's so many different walks of life, whether it's creative, whether it's 
you know, people in the healthcare, so many different things um, that brings it all together. I also think that there's a huge community of creatives that has created another, I don't want to coin it, but another renaissance effect. And I even feel like Mm -hmm. with, I even feel like with COVID, we've learned how to tap into each other more. Like um, there's this new organization called Building Black Bedsty. Um, there's a, there is this amazing woman, um, who's the owner of Playground Coffee. She is having community refrigerators. So there's different things that are in our community that has brought us together, but that's because it was created by people within our community. Um, mm-hmm. that serves a different person's a purpose, um, compared to other places because, um, it just seems like we really are starting to connect the dots to the things that we need. Um, and right now the government isn't providing us a lot of opportunity. So we're doing it for ourselves. So with COVID, um, are you working from home nowadays? Yes. I feel like everyone's working from home. I think um, I'm approaching work in a different capacity, which is really exciting. I mean, I am a stylist, so of course I do need to be on set when I need to be on set for certain things. But I'm really excited for the just this new era of work where my balance is more about my life and work just happens to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And my, my life is about work and I happen to have a small personal life a part of it. Uh, I'm, I'm flipping the things that really matter um, into perspective more. And my life is definitely more important than um, anything work related. Um, But, you know, the beautiful thing about my work is it's connected to my world. Um, It's apartment four is a great extension of that. I'm super excited to grow it's apartment four into a brand, into a platform. Um, And that's the work that I have connected to my livelihood. Okay, I love that. I'm preparing to, well, I've been working from home this summer, but I'm preparing to work from home full time starting in September. And I was nervous, like hearing people talk about work life balance when I'm like, it could be a life work balance. But no, like work often gets prioritized, especially when people are anxious about money. And like you said, when our government isn't taking care of us, it's like, you know, there's that that feeling like we have to work ourselves to the bone in order to get things done. So mm-hmm. I really I'm inspired to prioritize my life over my work, because honestly, if you don't have a good life, you're probably not going to have that great work. Um, exactly. Yeah. Um, think, yeah. Go ahead. I think it's important um, for us to really approach. And I think this goes for everyone, everyone. Um, walking into a new work environment, everyone walking into what could work look like, whether you've been laid off or whether you've just literally been working from home throughout this entire time. I think right now is a time for us to really be intentional about how we work, how we create, um, how we make money and ensuring that it benefits us in ways that we haven't thought about prior. Yeah. Yeah. I just recently got a desk. I was (laughs) working on the floor when I was doing um, 
my work and I was like, mm, so this isn't going to work because the floor is right next to the bed. Like I will be sleeping thinking that I'm working, but um, trying to section off spaces in my home to be like, this is a work area and that is a sleep area. This is a rest or play area has been really helpful. Is that something that you do? Like, do you kind of compartmentalize um, in your physical space? Yeah, um, I definitely my living room is my all-purpose space, so I'm lounging there. I can work there, but I do have an office with a chair and a desk and racks in it. Um, it's just super tiny, so it's really hard for me to get in there sometimes, but as I'm approaching this new project of redecorating my home, um, which I'll definitely uh, be showcasing more in Department 4, I will be um, in that office more. And I also now have an additional room that I'm going to be making my closet so I can take all of my clothing out of my room. And that can just be like a very personal sanctuary with a chair, with a really beautiful plant, with my personal books and not my art books. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, I definitely, I'm a Virgo, so I definitely compartmentalize things and have, you know, things for certain areas for certain things um yeah I was thinking about um in the future I would love to I remember when I was younger I had a vanity set and I thought it was so beautiful and I felt like a princess like you know in Disney movies the princess they always have their bed and then a vanity set with a mirror and it's all gorgeous and antique and so I've been thinking about what kind of like vintage furniture I'm going to be collecting for my future home yeah. and you mentioned the sustainability of even Palo Santo, which um, I'm, I'm so happy that you mentioned that. Even with Sage, I've been hearing a lot of things about the way that um, people harvest these things that are part of their spiritual practices. And it's not, it's pretty aspiritual the way some, some things get harvested. Um, yeah. But I have a feeling that you're probably familiar with some like vintage styles or like you have your, your own personal sense of style when it comes to um, the things that you collect and have in your home. So what are what are some things that you're looking to pick up or like have in your home, especially like vintage stuff? Um, I think New York has such a really beautiful vintage bubble um, for furniture. I mean, you can go to so many different stores and find really beautiful vintage pieces. I think one that I love, one thing that I love going to is like down south. My sister used to live in Tennessee and we were always just go there um, and go to the Goodwill and source so many different amazing things. Um, yeah, so I definitely think um, sourcing furniture can be very sustainable, whether you're using pre-use are working with artisans and um, designers who source things ethically. Um, in this new world, I'm actually really excited to work with someone who can help me create furniture. Um, I love that you talk, spoke about the vanity because I'm kind of like trying to figure out a vanity as well, but I'm also wanting to kind of like do a vanity and an altar in the same capacity. Mm. One of a really beautiful um, ancestral altar and, you know, a manifestation altar for myself. So those things um, are all very much connected because they're all super spiritual and personal um, and so those are the things that I'm working to put specifically only in my room. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. So I saw, I saw pictures of you in Jamaica and I'm sighing because I 
I miss it so much. So I want to hear about what was your what was your journey like there? Like, what did you see? What did you experience? My mom is from Jamaica, so it's a place that I hold very dear to me. Um, and I'm, I'm so happy that they're doing well with the whole COVID situation. Like my mom's on the way there next week. So clearly they're doing a lot better than we are. But yeah, how was your time in Jamaica? Um, yeah, I mean, Jamaica is a special place in my heart. Um, it's my second place I call home. Um, and I'm really working on creating a home there, which is super exciting and something upcoming. My trip was everything. You know, I went with a few of my girlfriends and we stayed in a private cottage in St. Elizabeth. And we really just poured into each other during a time during this racial reckoning, during COVID, during this election. Also during a time where I think a lot of uh, the world is waking up to the this illusion of America. Um, and so it's been really nice to find ways to go to Jamaica in a different way than tourism. Mm -hmm. I've always been very um, connected to Jamaica in a personal way. So not necessarily in only experiencing it as, you know, a tourist or someone looking to have a good time. It actually really is a beautiful escape for myself. Um, yeah. So it's, I love that you brought up Jamaica because I'm working on creating and aligning the dots of its apartment four in my home in Brooklyn to my new, my future home in Jamaica. So yeah. Thank I'm you so, so excited to support awesome. that for you. Um, yeah. So the, the thing about Jamaica, I'm, I'm happy that, that it's also a special place to you as well. Um, I've been having these conversations with friends about where would we go if we didn't live in the U.S. Um, because I'm starting to think more in the future. I don't want my children to feel bound to the U.S. I don't want them to feel like they're tied to it because I, I sort of do. I actually do. Um, and it's not the best feeling in the world. So knowing that there are places like Jamaica, um, I had an Uber driver the other day who was telling me that if you're Jamaican, you can get free land in Ethiopia. I was like, okay, cool. Like I'll look into it. But um, where, where would you go um, if there were no limitations? Like where, where would your global home be? And I know you just said Jamaica, but maybe there's another place. So yeah, Jamaica definitely is the one in the near future. But um, if I could choose another place, I definitely want to live on the continent. Um, and I really want to, um, find a home in Senegal, which would be really beautiful. I've dreamed about that in so many different ways. Um, so yeah, Jamaica definitely is the next steps in my future. Um, and me laying land and me uh, buying a home and buying land is something that's very much in the foreseeable future. But if I had to choose another place, it would probably be Senegal. Hmm. Okay. Um, even though I've never been, so that's another thing, but I've heard many great things about it and I've just done so much research. So I guess the next steps is just getting there and they happen to be one of the only places that are open to us. So that may be sooner than later. Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> you saying that you've never been there 
It's so interesting. I had a guest on the show who she's Palestinian. And so I thought that she had been to Palestine. So we were having this conversation and I was like, so what was it like when you were there? She's, she's like, I've never been. It's very difficult. Um, They make it very difficult for Palestinians to go back to their land. Um, And she tells me that she researches about it. She dreams about it. And she has, she has an idea of what that place is and means to her without physically being there. And it's so like, it's something that gave me chills because our imagination is so powerful. Um, yeah. I think here in, in the West, we do believe that there's has to be something very tangible to say that we actually have something tied to it, especially when it comes to land. So I'm really happy that you can imagine yourself there because it doesn't really matter if you step foot there, like if it's, if it's yours in your head, it's it's yours. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I mean, there's uh, there's spiritual ascendance, you know. Sometimes the place in which you aren't physically doesn't mean that a piece of you isn't, whether it's ancestral or just, you know, I guess, figments of your imagination. But if you understand the, the spirituality of what that can be, it's pretty great. Mm. Um, yeah, so manifestation and understanding the power of wanting to be somewhere is probably destined and connected to something else within your life. So that's how I approach travel, and that's how I approach wanting to live in certain places. Um, so, yeah, it's all connected. So you mentioned earlier that, you know, you can have home in yourself. So when you are traveling, you can have those those home experiences how did you begin to find home in yourself? Yeah. Well, growing up, I moved around a lot. We lived in Brooklyn. We lived in Virginia. And in Virginia, we moved so many times. And my mother got married. Um, so we were, like, working to become a blended family. And so as a child, I always wanted to find things. Um, and I always honed in on myself of making sure that I was grounded within all these different transitions. And of course, you know, I went through the growing pains of what that was. But as an adult who then transitioned to traveling a lot for work, um, I traveled to so many different countries, um, working on so many different projects. And you have to be really grounded in yourself, um, grounded in things that you feel great about, whether it's, you know, reading a book or, journaling or saying some type of manifestations to yourself or just really knowing what you like or what you want to eat when you're going to these different places you still feel grounded in who you are so you don't lose yourself Um, and when you're when I was traveling for work I had you know clients to please I also was working under someone that uh, demanded a lot from me so I really had to um, go inward in the a little bit of times that I did have for myself and create some type of pattern that kept me grounded. And I remember all the places I would travel, I was like, okay, it's a coffee shop, um, finding a coffee shop and having a coffee there every morning, you know, whether it's getting up an hour earlier, just having a coffee in a different country or a different place to ground myself and I would always um, source books within that country. So I would find a bookstore and just like buy a few books um, that reminded me of that place or things that I was looking for. So, you know, I think when it comes to grounding yourself 
in finding home within yourself. It's about remembering who you are. It's about honoring who you are um, and making time for yourself. Yeah. I'm so happy I've been having these conversations with Black women who are reminding me to ground myself. I catch myself going like too fast for my own good sometimes. And yeah. so hearing other people remind me of the ways that they take things a little bit slower and, you know, are grounded in that way is so helpful. And lastly, I would really love for you to share some of the books that you have collected along the way that are part of your home. Yeah, I mean, um, my God, let me go on my Instagram because I have a really big photo album. I mean, a, a big bookcase of photos and um, photo books. Um, what are some that I've bought? I mean, in Paris, I bought like a style book. I went to Texas for a press trip recently and I bought a soul and funk book. Um, what else I'm looking at it now. Uh, I think in Berlin I bought, what did I buy in Berlin? I think I bought like a art and design book. There's so many, I have really great books. One of my favorites right now is African interiors. Um, it's a huge coffee table book and it has so many different um, interiors in Africa um, mm -hmm. and the stories of how they were, uh, you know, created. Fortunately, a lot of them are from the white perspective, but um, there are some that are really amazing. Oh, my goodness. I have a hard time finding African interiors. I'm tired of seeing like people are still just just putting huts on online and I'm so confused yeah. oh, no. as if that's the only interior that you know exists on the continent yeah I mean I think the propaganda of us as black people not understanding Africa was definitely purposeful um so it's super important for us to be doing our research and connecting the the diaspora to its land and that's definitely why Senegal is probably on my list of visiting and possibly living um yeah so that book is super inspiring every time i change my coffee table i change it to another home and i read those stories i take some time to read those stories sometimes and yeah it just helps build your imagination and understand that there's so many different perspectives and there's so many different worlds and just you know brooklyn or america or new york etc well, thank you, Mecca, for having this conversation with me. Uh, did you want to leave anything that you want my listeners to support you in? Or, um, yeah, what, what, are, what are your closing notes? I mean, um, <laughs> I guess just follow me. I think It's Apartment 4 is about to grow into something major. And I'm still wrapping my mind over where and how and much I can take it. Um, so definitely follow It's Apartment 4 on Instagram. Um, I do have a newsletter. You can go on the site, It's Apartment 4, ITSAPT4.com and subscribe to that newsletter. Um, and if you want to understand who I am as a person in my personal journey, you can follow me at um, Mecca, JW, M-E-C-C-A-J-W on Instagram. What did I tell you all? Mecca is amazing and I was really happy to speak with her on the subject. I know this was a bit of a longer episode, but we said what we had to say, okay? 
You know the drill. Check out at home thepodcast.com for all the resources associated with this episode and to check out the prior episodes. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Buzzsprout. And if you feel inclined to leave a review or a rating on one of these platforms, it's super helpful to me. Thank you to Skate Productions for the music. Thank you, Valerie Desire, for the beautiful cover art. And thank you, my dear listener, for spending time with me and listening. I appreciate you so much. Be safe, be well, don't worry, and remember you are always welcome here. <laughs>